When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Welcome back to the overnight crowd. Those numbers to get involved, of course, 1300 736 736 is the open line. And the text line 0433 98 11 16. And those of you in the Twitterverse at Overnight Crowd is the way to get in touch using that system. Right now, though, we're going to continue our sort of different theme of talking about AFLW, but asking some questions that we really don't know the answers to yet and seeing where the discussion goes, maybe playing a little bit of devil's advocate as well. And to join us tonight from the Inner Sanctum editor, uh, Alex Catalano joins us. Alex, thanks for your time again this week. G'day, Jen. Yeah, good to be back on and certainly a lot of big questions to answer because, like you say, we're searching around for these answers as much <laughs> as everyone else is at the moment. We started the conversation last week with your colleague, Jono, about, um, you know, the idea that, you know, we've, we know that the season's going to start again in August. We've got these four new expansion sides. There's player movement happening around you know, the players themselves don't know what their contracts are heading. There's no CBA locked in, all these sort of unknowns. And I played devil's advocate and said, well, is it the right time to allow the expansion teams in? If we're rushing forward the next season, should we actually be delaying off the expansion team? So we sort of had a bit of a chat going that way. And I thought I'd follow up with you this week in regards to, there's obviously been uh, announcements of players who are going to sign with some of the new clubs or even just moving to another club full stop. But I had a question, do we know what compensation there is for an existing team, say Brisbane, they've, they're building up all their players and then they get raided by a new team. What do Brisbane get out of that? Do these new teams have to give up those early draft picks or is there an unknown yet? Well, that's it, isn't it? We we still aren't quite sure what teams are going to be getting, uh, if they are getting any compensation. I think back to the the first round of expansion and I remember that um, teams did get draft picks, I think after a certain threshold or something like that. Um, because I remember the Bulldogs, they lost more than, um, I think it was more than three players, and they got uh, a pick back um, somewhere down the line. It wasn't very much for them, uh, but we don't even know what, what that's going to be at this point um, in the this off-season. All I know is that um, clubs, ha- three, three players can be taken as expansion signings for free, from any club without having to trade, and any further than that, it does have to result in a trade. As far as I know, um, those are the only guidelines currently. So if you lose more than three, uh, you have to trade for your next one. But other than that, yeah, it's it's still a big question mark in the air. And is this because all of the players without um, longer-term contracts in place, they're effect- effectively off contract? Is that why it's different to the system that we're probably much more used to in AFL men's? Well, that's it. The majority of them have signed two-year contracts at most. I think I remember back to 
might have been North Melbourne or someone like that last year signed about 25 players in the off-season because, yeah, all their contracts came out at the end of the year. So I think that does have something to do with it, and that's why it is so easy for them to move around. Um, but even with that, yeah, that um, more than three players being taken, I think that still applies to players who are out of contract. The trade still does need to be made. Um, but I'm sure that's going to be a big sticking point in these CBA discussions, mm. which have been significantly less publicised than the last CBA discussion, as I'm sure we all remember with the, the players that were dissenting against what um, the, the main thrust, I guess, of what wanted to be done. We remember that group of four, I think it was, or something like that. Um, that, yeah, was so widely publicised. So it, presumably they might be going a bit smoother this year if we haven't heard about it quite as much. But, yeah, no doubt that's going to be something that's going to be raised. Um, and I would assume with 18 teams in and no further looks into expansion, longer contracts will be one of those things first on the board. Yeah, you imagine so. Just that idea of having some security and ability to get, you know, a personal loan or a home loan or anything like those sorts of things that yeah. come with with the the better uh, paperwork that can come through this CBA. Uh, so I guess with the expansion sides, and again, uh, we talk expansion sides because they've obviously got to sign a lot of players, but it doesn't rule out an existing club doing the same move. What would you like to see the system be put in place? If you if you had the top job and you got to step in and say, here's the rules, how do you reckon you'd set it up? It's an interesting one because especially in an expansion year, you know, you want to say you just go like how the men's does it with free agency where you get a certain compensation pick based on, you know, the contract links, the, the, um, how much they're getting paid, that sort of thing. Um, but obviously you don't want to compromise the draft too much because we need the expansion side to have those picks. So say, for example, someone like the Bulldogs, you wouldn't want to throw them, pick one their way if, say, for example, Ali Blackburn left. Obviously, she's not. She's sticking around the club. But, you know, Essendon or Hawthorne or Sydney or Port would want to be looking at that pick. And I don't think you'd want to um, take away the talent that they'd be able to pick up. So I wouldn't want to say a straight compensation system like that. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's something like they can get a compensation, but it has to be after the end of the first round. Um, I don't know. I think the guidelines there based on how the men's system works, but I think it's just so hard when you've got four new teams coming in with nothing on their list to start at all. Um, that yeah, what do you do? Maybe they get uh, access to to state players to sign without having to go through the draft. Um, I'm really not sure how it should work out, but that could be one way to do it because then you're not compromising the actual draft itself. They're just able to bring someone in without having to use up a pick. Uh, it's something that I guess I thought a fair bit about, but it's hard to see a way to make it equitable under the current system, I suppose. Yeah, I think I forget sometimes, of course, if we take, if you do say, my, my immediate reaction is, if you're going to take Presbarkus, for example, from Carlton, okay, so Carlton, you have to give up a, a high draft pick to, back to Carlton so they can then mm-hmm. replenish. But then you, you're right in that whole flip side of if they do that, then they might you know, get five expansion, um, five existing players across, and that's that's their nucleus. But then the rest of the side is dropped down from from talent lower down in the draft list. So it's it's a difficult one. But it, I don't know for some reason, none of it sits logically or comfortably with me. It, it seems yeah. unclear, and I, I guess maybe that's because it's expanding, and we just it is all unknown territory. Yeah, well, that's it. And I think Craig Starsevich definitely said it best. We've referred back to his comments a couple of times, but 
<clears throat> in the prelim or after the prelim, he said that, um, you know, the clubs are putting effort into developing these players from when they come into the league. And, you know, when you hear rumours around Emily Bates being having offers thrown at her from elsewhere, I can only imagine what he's thinking at that point. You know, she was their first ever draft pick, mm-hmm. walked into the Lions from the state league system and has become a clearly an elite player of the competition from developing under their system. And just it just so happens that because they were one of the first eight in, suddenly they now have to give up players that they've developed from day one. Um, and it is a bit unfair, I think, that there is the potential that the teams that did come in and <clears throat> did look to invest in women's footy from the start of the AFLW competition now might have to risk that. But the same flip side, you look at a team like Melbourne, who obviously were just in the grand final, and they've managed to keep such a strong group of players together from the very beginning. Obviously, they've had a few players that have come in as well, um, like Taylor Harris, Libby Birch, but... You know, so much of their core veteran group of players that were in there from the start and they haven't really worried about too many players leaving despite going through multiple rounds of expansion of Victorian teams. So I don't know if it's necessarily black and white that it is just players walking out to go elsewhere and, um, you know, the, the original clubs have to lick their wounds or if there is something to be said for... Um, for teams not retaining their players as much. But for the Lions, I can understand when they've already had the Suns come in and take players away from them. A few have come back down out of the out of the state from Victoria and things like that. Um, but then at the same time, you do have to wonder when you hear about reportedly what clubs like Essendon have been able to offer a player like Maddie Prasparkas, whether there is that level playing ground across the competition and whether the new CBA with extended salaries and players getting paid more will make it a bit more level for everyone and the team that has the big marquee spots to sign players won't be able to just take the best of the best. Well, that's the part that's actually quite interesting, isn't it? All this business work, all these negotiations are occurring in an area that you actually don't know what you're allowed to offer players. So there's a bit of guesswork involved in in what actually could be tabled. I guess I guess you you base it off last year and you sort of go, and hey, if anything uh, that is it more available, you get this p- part of the pie. I don't know. Yeah, well, it is a bit of a weird one because you know if you read through the Essendon article with the Prasparkas and G signings, it doesn't say they've signed for the club. It says they've committed to the club. Yeah. So every, everything well and good. I assume that means. They will be Essendon players next year, but um, there's no 100% guarantee, which is probably a little bit concerning. And, you know, the same, you see the Swans have uh, signed so many players that they have already. I think they have 10 or 11 on the list now. Um, and, you know, they, they still have to work out, obviously, how much all those contracts are going to be, how much they can pay the players. Um, we know there's going to be a boost in salaries with the CBA, but um, we don't necessarily know how much it's going to be. So... It's going to be interesting. I imagine everyone who's been announced will be playing for the clubs they've announced for, but it might be a bit messier behind the scenes than what it might look like with the the rose-tinted glass of everybody signing all these new players and getting excited. It is. It's quite a fascinating time and in a short period of time as well because they're only a couple of weeks away, you assume, from when you probably have to turn back up for pre-season training. Yeah, well, I know some of the players have already started their unofficial pre-seasons, oh, the, their pre-pre-seasons, the because yeah. we, are, <laughs> yeah, we are four months away from August, so generally they do normally start, yeah, probably about two and a half months out, maybe three months, I think, yeah, all the, running the AFLW begins. seasons. Yeah, so 
It's going to be hard. I wouldn't be surprised. I think I said it before, but I wouldn't be surprised if we see a few more players start to step away um, from the game like a few have, have done already over the past couple of years. I uh, just was looking before, and Jazzy Stewart from the Dockers uh, is stepping away um, from footy as of, well, about an hour ago, the announcement mm. came out. Um, and I don't know necessarily, obviously we don't know what necessarily has to do with her in terms of her relation to this season and whether it's going to be too much. Or, you know, you look at someone like Jess Wushner as well, who's taken a step back for mental health reasons. And um, obviously while we can't speculate, you know, the more and more players step away from the game, the more you have to wonder, are they being given the best shot with the timing of everything um, to continue playing footy to the best of their ability without having to worry about everything outside of it. And, you know, especially for these players moving over, how long are they going to have to sit and worry about um, how much their contract is going to be and getting that assuredness for the, the next, you know, eight months, the rest of the year, um, where their actual money is coming from? It's a really difficult time, I think, across the board. I imagine the administrators are feeling... You know, the confusion and the unsurety all the way down to the players who, of course, they're sort of trying to talk to employers and weigh up, do I try and push further in this career? Do I try and push further in this study? Or, you know, do I bank on footy? So it's all um, the quicker it can get figured out, the better. But at the same time, it needs to not be rushed so that it's it's in a, in a good position. I don't know. Are you hearing anything else uh, stories-wise, uh, some some teams or some players that might be committing elsewhere? Any Any news for us? Yeah, it's, it hasn't been too much news this week, actually. No, it's been very quiet. Very quiet. <laughs> um, since we last talked, there was a few um, sort of announcements around players that might be going elsewhere. Bonnie Toogood, another one that uh, is looking to sign with the, the Bombers. Um, St Hilda looking to make a move for Nicholas Stevens from Carlton, which I think is interesting. They're looking at a forward when I would be asking them to go after key defenders first and foremost. Um, at the Saints, given Ray Watts also going to be out for the entirety of the year. I know they want to sign a couple of players as well. Grace Egan's fielding offers from elsewhere, um, but it's looking like they've got a group that are likely to stay as well, which is great for them because at this point, Carlton don't have much of a list uh, if they keep losing players elsewhere. But I know, yeah, Mimi Hill, they're keen to keep around. She definitely will. Karen Harrington, the skipper as well, she'll definitely be back there next year. And Lucy McAvoy, another one. In terms of players that I've heard sort of word around, but nothing official yet, um, obviously Emily Bates we mentioned before, but mm. as well from Brisbane, um, Nat Grider getting offers from elsewhere, as is Greta Bodie, obviously two players that took a really big step this year in the back line and forward line respectively, so they're definitely fielding offers from elsewhere. Um, and one that uh, I don't know how public information this is yet, but it might get out there soon because I think the deal's very nearly over the line that Caitlin Ashmore is very much fielding offers from around um, the league, and I've heard Essendon are very much in the box seat for her signature. So Jeez. another exciting signing for the Bombers there too. Uh, I think that, <laughs> well, the Bombers wow. are very keen on signing more players soon, uh, and I know Hawthorne are planning on announcing a few tunes. They've been very tight-lipped, so the Hawks, they're keeping everything under wraps. Yeah, I think um, but Beck Goddard doing her best to speak in random cliches as she does and just yeah. like all sorts of gobbledygook that she loves to spout out there. You've got to almost decipher oh, some of her statements. As she said uh, <laughs> during the week in the joint presser, yeah, they're not waiting for the duck, the yeah. roast duck dinner to fly to them. <laughs> they're coming and getting it, but they're keeping it under wraps um, oh. so far, the Hawks. But no, a few interesting ones out there. Port looking at Anne Hatchard as well, one that yep. I've heard, but... 
I don't know. I think they're going to be looking at basically every good player on Adelaide's list, so oh, <laughs> that could really hold as much weight as yeah as anything. Uh, well, um, I'm sure we'll, as there's more that comes up, we'll jump back on and have a, have a further chat. But, Alex, it's been great to speak to you and just try and work our way through things that really are unknown. We don't know the answers to them and we don't have uh, actual signings, but uh, great to chat to you nonetheless. Oh, pleasure as always, Jen. I'm sure we're going to have heaps more news by this time next week. It's all got to happen very quickly. So, Alex, we will touch base again very soon and uh, have a great rest of your week. Thank you. It's Alex Catalano, one of the editors at the Inner Sanctum, jumping on to chat all things AFLW. Time for your calls and your texts in just a moment here on The Overnight Crowd. Sorry about the noise. My neighbour's sanding his deck. My motto? Don't work on your deck. Play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck. Low maintenance with a 25-year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.